Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEM Track. Yeah, thank you, Elton. Saturdays in the gong, back for another week. Broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club, where yet again, it is sunny, it is still, it is stunningly sublime. Great to have you listening, be it through... 1575 Illawarra Track, 1170 in Sydney, and on the SEN app. I went all the way to Orange this week, listening to SEN on the app. Crystal clear the whole way. That is the way to go. I'm Matt Russell from Fox Sports, joined by the Illawarra Mercury Sports Journal, who is much more than just that. He's a Guinness connoisseur. He's an amateur MMA extraordinaire. He's a farmhand, and now he's an author, and he's on time. Mitch Jennings, good morning. Thank you, Matty. Great use of alliteration <laughs> earlier, Matty. I've got to tell you what, no one does alliteration like Matty Russell, I've got to tell you. What are you it's, most you're the proud best of? The business. Your Guinness connoisseur skills, your MMA fighting, your farm hand work, and now you're about to be a published author. I am, yeah. Town Called Treachery, coming July, August uh, 2024 via HarperCollins. So, very happy. What am I most proud of? I think you've got to talk about consistency, mate. So the Guinness, the Guinness connoisseur, that's what I've had. To, that's you know I've turned up day after day, year in, year out. So I think I'm going to go with that. But, uh, yeah, very stoked to have that news this week and to ink that deal with, uh, with HarperCollins and to have a book on the shelves this time next year. Come on, give us a tease. What is it? What's it about? Oh, jeez, man, you can't... I don't think we've got enough time. We're, we're only doing the first hour in the Sydney, so I don't know if I can give you the whole we, synopsis. We joke, but we joke this week that the opening line says, once upon a time in Hollywood, scratch, once upon a time in Wollongong. Once upon a time in Wollongong. <laughs> Tell you it's not it's not set in Wollongong, Matty. I can okay. tell you that for a fact. Okay, we'll keep our eyes out. What is it again? What's the name of it? A What's town it? called Treachery. A town called Treachery. Sounds like a bit like Wollongong at times. It does. It can do. It can do. It can be any town. Wollongong Golf Club, thank you for being our host. Wollongong City Motors, supporters of this show as well. Visit them for a test drive today. Impact Garage Doors, impacting Illawarra homes for 20 years. And, of course, the Illawarra Mercury. Great supporters of SEN's Saturdays in the Gong. First up, to set the scene for our opening topic, Mitch, let's go back to last night, just across the road at Wynn Stadium. Or maybe not. The Raiders with Chris, with Chris going for it. He's going to score. And the Raiders, they get one chance and they take advantage. And Canberra has steadied Sebastian Chris. Yes, they finished with Sebastian Chris icing the game to make it 36-26. But Mitch Jennings, how was it 30-26 with five minutes to play? Because the Raiders, out by 18 at half time, 20 at the 50th minute mark, looked like they were going on to improve their points differential. You blinked a couple of times. Michaeli Ravalawa, Zach Lomax down that right edge of the Dragons, and it was game on for the final five. Yeah, indeed it was. I was there as a punter, Matty. I rarely get the chance to do that. I'm usually, obviously, uh, in the 
media box working away, but I was there as a punter last night, and I enjoyed the the, the fleeking comeback uh, that it was. It was it was one of those games, Matty. It looked like you, you'll often see. You think a, a team's in command, but they haven't quite done enough to get over that hump and really put the game away. And the longer that the uh, the other team can stay in it, uh, they give themselves a sniff, and the Dragons did in the end. Um, and, and it was. Probably they weren't within any right to be winning the game the way they were, the way they played to that point. But uh, they found a way to get themselves in. I, I was just, man, I, tell you, I was just devastated to see when that try come across the last one and, and Jaden Sullivan clutching at the hamstring. Mm. We all know the trajectory Bud has been on there, and he's had those hamstring issues. And you know what hamstrings are like, Matty. You see players that are plagued by them; it just becomes a career thing. And I'm, I'm really, really hoping that doesn't become the case for for Bud. But um, yeah, how many now has he had hamstring uh, strains, tears, issues? I've mate, I'd have, I'd have lost count, Matty. I really, there's been okay. a lot. He really played these last couple of seasons. He was a lot of what had him so confident this year was the amount of work he'd done. He was he was the first. It was the guy that was the first guy to turn up to training, the last guy to leave, doing all his prehab, rehab, all that type of stuff that you do. And he was really at a point where he was really confident in his body and, and really happy. He, was, he had to change his running style. I remember speaking to him at length about it, that he'd had to ad- adapt the way he ran because it wasn't good for the hamstrings. A bit like Tommy Turbo had to do, obviously. He changed his running style, and, which is a very, very hard thing to do, especially if you're a, a natural sort of off-the-top-of-your-head type player that, that Bart is. I don't think he put a whole lot of thought into his, his form when he's running, you know, because he's, he's a natural player. But, yeah, he's, he's clutched that hamstring, and I'm really hoping that um, he can get back on top of it because you've seen it, Matty. Like, he's guys, a young man young, He's young. When they're young and they have that that issue, it just can become a chronic one. It can be really, really hard to to shake off. So I was I was very, very, uh, you know, I was devastated almost. It's, it's only a hamstring injury, as you'd say, but just given with his history, I was really concerned when he when he clutched at it um, last night. So I'm hoping that uh, it's not too bad, but that's why, uh, yeah, it's what I walked away with. Because it's uh, a subcurrent to this Ben Hunt and the future of the Dragons in the halves, that that whole situation, because we all expect that Ben will move on at the end of the season. Uh, he'll, he'll find a new club and the Dragons will find a new direction with their six and seven. Uh, Little appears to be their nine, uh, uh, sound again last night, but can they really sleep at night thinking, well, we've got Sullivan, we've got a moan, and they're yet to really prove themselves. And on top of that, uh, Sullivan has a hamstring issue that, that you know, he's yet to move past completely. Yeah, it's going to be... I wrote in the lead for that one. We were probably going to get a glimpse of it. We always thought when uh, when Bart and, and Junior Ramone got a chance to play against... Uh, sorry, beside each other in the halves, it was a glimpse at the long-term future. Whereas as of now, it was almost a glimpse of 2024 coming, mm. you know, early with, with the Ben Hunt situation. So I was really keen to see how they... Uh, how they took that on, and as much as it was a bit hit and miss, I don't think either of them were... I thought they were attacking it last night. I thought they were trying to have a go at it. I didn't dislike the performance that they put in as a pair, but obviously, yeah, with Bud going down with that injury, and it's going to start testing the, the depth in the halves. And let's be honest, Matty, there's no one out there in the open market either that, that's jumping up as, you know, throw the money at me to, to be a half. I mean, that's... I think that'll be the situation they're in. I think, as we've seen... We've heard um, Shane Flanagan has been a bit interested, obviously, in, in David Fafita and Tino Fasamalali, who've um, both become free agents there at the Titans. And I get the sense that that's where Flano is looking if he is to use the money, if Ben Hunt does go, that money to bring a couple of players in, not necessarily to trade a marquee half for a marquee half. So uh, it's probably where they're going to go. So I think Sullivan and Amon would be, at this point, you know, the half pairing that he would be banking on as a young pair. So... It's uh, yeah, you got to hope that he uh, he gets the body right and they get to have a crack at it. Last night was their fourth game, starting at six and seven. Uh, they'd lost the previous three. Now it's none from four, which is a very small sample size. And last night was interesting in that the two coaches you would have sworn the winning coach had lost and the losing coach had won because Ricky was downcast that they allowed the Dragons to get back into it, and uh, Ryan Carr was 
delighted with his team's effort and fight. And he thought if that's the template going forward, we are going to have more wins and maybe a few of them before the end of the season. From a Raiders perspective, Ricky Stewart was stunned to learn in the media conference post-match. That's their biggest win of the season still. 36-26, 10 points is the Raiders' biggest win this season. Yet they're into a bye now. Then they'll confront a run home that includes four games at GIO Stadium in Canberra against... uh, It's a reasonable draw on paper. They are still a chance to be top four and a red-hot chance to be top four if they keep winning. Yeah, well, and they've been sleepers, haven't they? We were saying that early in the season that they weren't really setting the world on fire and we'd sort of written them off. They were a bit out of sight, out of mind. They had a couple... Last year... These were probably the type of games that they did lose, if you remember, Matty. The Faders is what we'd, we'd call them at the time. There were, there were a lot of games that the Raiders were in command of in the same way they were last night that they let slip in, in second halves through last year and probably even before that. So as much as I imagine Ricky would have been you know, holding his side to a pretty high standard on that not been happy with the way they finished it off, I do think it's one that the Raiders might have lost last season or, or before. So they are travelling pretty well, like you said. They're sleeping. They're not quite you know, hitting their ceiling. But uh, for a team that's not hitting their ceiling to be sitting where they are, you, you've got to be pretty happy. Ricky didn't like my question regarding uh, Ravalawa and Lomax scoring five tries down the Dragons' right side at the Raiders' left side. What did you see there? Are you concerned for some deficiencies that might rear their head heads in coming weeks? Yeah, oh, sometimes things pop up. I, I wouldn't be too concerned about it you know, to any great mm. degree. I just think if you look at those tries, one of them was from a, a drop ball. One of them was just playing some some you know rugby seven style footy in yeah. there, out of their own half. I don't think it was stuff that was structurally... You know, awful or concerning. I just think that, that's where they went. Like that concrete pillar over there. He is. He's very hard to stop when he's close to the line. And I think with you know with Lomax and, and Ravalawa, that's where the Dragons are going to go. That's their money edge. It has been. It's why it was so baffling not to rake over old Coles. It was so baffling to see Lomax play on the left this year earlier on because that had been one of the few sort of bankable combinations they had was that Ravalawa Lomax on that right side. So it looks like they're starting to hit their straps a little bit again on that edge, but I wouldn't be too concerned about the defence on that side if I, was, if I was Ricky Stewart. So the three teams who got lapped last weekend, Tigers couldn't rebound a week later. The Dragons haven't rebounded a week later. Improved losing margins, if there is ever such a thing. We now wait to see what the Dogs can do against South Sydney today. And boy, boy. Tim Barrow, Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor, will join us shortly to talk about his beloved Bulldogs. And, and you wonder, that's a big bridge to to cross, isn't it? But when it comes to the Rugby League Players Association and its stance at the moment with uh, players essentially on strike from the media, this has caused uh, much consternation. I've had multiple people, I've been out in regional New South Wales this week and people have been talking to me about this situation and I'm sadly for the players. I found myself defending them because I'm copping grief that they are entitled, overpaid, spoiled, out of line. I'm saying, well, look, it's really their association. Most of them, you know, wouldn't know what the what is going on. Um, and last night, speaking with Dave Riccio at the game, I said, OK, if they're, they're allowed to be upset because uh, we, we have the greatest respect for the players and they're allowed to have a voice, we want them to have a say. What would be more appropriate, though, than, than cutting off fans by not talking, by not, you know, being seen and being heard? And, and Dave Riccio had an idea. Cover up the NRL logo on your jersey. That way, every moment of every game, you are advertising the fact that you are not happy with the governing body and you're not cutting off the, the hand that feeds you. That is the media and the fans. Yeah, man, it was interesting. I heard. I think I heard Brent Reid, the great Brent Reid, suggest the same sort of thing about covering up that logo. Matty, this is what's going on. I'm, and I'll, I'll say from the top, I'm a union man through and through. I'm all about unions and work solidarity, all that type of stuff. It's just, I'm dyed in the wool that way. So I'm 
all about workers' unions and, and workers' rights and everything else. But to me, this is we're, we're basically going to be in an information war, aren't we? So if you, this is about... They've all, both parties have said they agree on, on the money, okay? So they're not really, you know, quibbling over the money or the amount of money. It's other details. What are the other details, money? Do you know? Have you heard, have you heard a no. single co- coherent argument no. from the ROPA, from Clinton Newton, from anybody else about it? We don't know what it's about. And this is what we're going to be, and we're going to be, it's going to be about narrative. It's going to be an information war. And what's the, what's the best way to fight an information war? To cut yourself off from the media? Mm-hmm. It just seems silly, mate. I'd rather see, and not every player is going to be across all the detail. I agree with Ricky Stewart when he said, you know, 95% of players don't really know why they're not talking and what they're not doing. And I probably agree. They don't have to be. They don't have to be across all the detail. But some of the players who are, you know, Moses Emboy's obviously there, Daly Cherry Evans, Christian Welch, do media. Stay up there. Stop. Let's stop hearing from only Clint Newton all the time. Who to be, It seems like he reads a thesaurus before he's about to go to every media <laughs> op. It's very bogged down in, in the wordy stuff and everything else. But, well, that's what I'm baffled by. People keep asking me and thinking I'm supposed to be across it. So what is their actual gripe? I said, I can't tell you. Mm. I'm yet to hear a coherent argument from them about it. And I'd rather hear it from the players than the association. Put them up, talk to the media, say, this is our side of things, this is the, this is the problem, these are what our issues are. If it's not about money, tell us what it's about. And we're not, we're not hearing that. And I just think a media blackout in that sense is uh, you know, pretty counterintuitive, Matty. So I, I don't know how long that's going to go, but it's, yeah, it's a baffling it's a baffling one. I'm a small business owner. You said you're a media union man. There's a yeah. sticker in the middle of Wollongong that reads, profits are simply unpaid wages. <laughs> I walk past it every time that I'm doing errands for my cafe, and I'm thinking to myself, I hope Mitch Jennings didn't stick that up. <laughs> profits are simply unpaid wages. Well, Here without profits, my business doesn't run. <laughs> there you go, Matty. Here we go. Well, let's, fi- let's fix that up. We'll do that. We'll make that a podcast. M- Matty Russell, Miss Jennings, talking workers' rights. We'll see how we go. Yeah, you got a chant? Do you walk down the street chanting in your head? Uh, what not do you quite, want? Matty. Yeah, I, don't, I, haven't been, I haven't been a chanter or a banner waver, but yeah, I am, I am a union man through and through, like I say. But uh, yeah, that, uh, that I, I can't get. I'll be, I'll be, I'd be given a far more informed opinion on it if I could hear an informed opinion no, on what they're point. after. You know what? Uh, I don't know what union looks after Matt Campbell, our co-host, Illawarra Hawks basketball great and current president Motor of scooters, operations. Motor Scooters Ma- Union? Ma- maybe, but, but <laughs> whatever union is looking after him has allowed him to go to Las Vegas. And we're going to go there after the break because Matty's going to dial in, tell us about the Alex Volkanovsky fight, tell us about the NBA Summer League and what he's doing in Las Vegas. That's next Saturdays in the Gong. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Fighting out of the blue corner. A big martial artist holding a professional record. 25 wins, one loss. He stands 5 feet 6 inches tall. Weighing in at 154 and 1 half pounds. Fighting on a windy New South Wales, Australia. That doesn't get you going on a Saturday morning. Nothing will. Fighting out of Windang, New South Wales, Australia. Slap bang in the middle of this great region we are broadcasting from. Mitch Jennings, Alex Volkanovsky. Now, you are an actual MMA fighter, so you know this game inside out. 
Alex the Great. Does he get the job done against Yair Rodriguez tomorrow in Las Vegas? That's a stretch, Matty. I mean, mate, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it, but it's a bit of a stretch. It puts lead in your pencil, doesn't it? As soon as you hear it, fighting out of Windang, New South Wales, Australia. I've spoken to Volk before, and even when he's in the octagon and he hears that, he says, I can almost hear the pubs in Shell Harbour and the pubs in Wollongong just going off. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's been a more popular athlete coming out of Wollongong, certainly in Australia at the moment. And look, this fight... Do you go back to let's let's just stop there for a second. Do you go back to like a Wayne Gardner or someone where the pubs were full all time of day and night to watch a local athlete? Like they really are overflowing as you drive around town during an Alex Volkanovsky fight. You have to be in the Illawarra, I think, to re- to really understand just how much he's adored and how much this sport has captured, especially younger generations. Yeah, indeed. I've compared it before, Matty, to probably Ricky Hatton in Manchester. Yes. Uh, the the there's only one Ricky Hatton and, and the following he had in his home city there and. and Volk's got the same sort of thing here in Wollongong. He's got it all across Australia. It's, in, it's incredible the level he, the levels he's gone to, having been the champion and where he's managed to go to since. But this is a fight. And, Matty, I, I, I said before off air, I can't see any other outcome other than him, you know, destroying is that, you, Rodriguez. is that what you said? Is that really, your direct quote that's what I off think, air? That's what I think, mate, because I think that's what most people will think. He'll be a very, very short-priced favourite uh, going into this one. But this is the fight game. This is MMA, mm. you never know. And the two things that I've been thinking about in the lead-up was champions that have appeared untouchable. Amanda Nunes was probably one, and she ended up losing quite surprisingly to Juliana Pena. And obviously, Valentina Shevchenko was absolutely untouchable at flyweight in the women's, and she lost recently um, her title in her last bout. So it can slip up. Champions can be tripped up in fights like this. I do wonder... I mean, the danger for Volk is the last couple of fights have been mega fights. They've been super mm. fights. Obviously, you're squashing the beef with, with Max Holloway in that third fight. So that was, you know, a legacy-defining career fight. He obviously jumped up last fight to fight Islam Makashev at lightweight. That was a, that would have made him, if he'd got the win there, which a lot of people think he did, even though it didn't show up on the cards, would have made him in the realms of the greatest of all time, regardless of weight class. So these are huge fights. This is this is very much a, a taking care of business fight. This is the business of being a champion because Yair Rodriguez is coming in. This is the fight of his life. He's going to prepare. This is this is his nothing to conquer for Volk. It's, it's taking care of business. So there's always a, an interesting dynamic when that type of fight happens. But uh, look, I've spoken to him, you know, at length again, leading in this one and his mindset and the level he's on. I, I just I. Feel he's just untouchable at 145 at the moment, Matty. So I can't see uh, any outcome other than Volk winning. And I, I, I reckon you're getting some decent juice on the uh, on the stoppage. He's not necessarily a stoppage guy, Volk, typically. But I think in this one, I, I think he might be able to... He will want to make a statement that at 145, this is my house. No one's coming in here. So we might get a stoppage. You might get some juicy odds on that one. Now, surprise, surprise, our man on the ground over there, Matt Campbell, Illawarra's finest. Um, he sent us boastful pictures of the views from his uh, penthouse somewhere in the middle of Las Vegas, but now he's MIA. So he, he might be locked on the roof somewhere, um, you know, yeah, t- ch- channeling a great movie. <laughs> but we hope he's OK. It is we'll, a nice view, Matt. We'll still try and get <laughs> hold of him. In. But uh, if, if the great... Volkanovski gets the job done. Where to from here? What's he aiming for? What's the prize, apart from the, the cash prize, out of this bout if he wins? Obviously, he'd, he'd be targeting that rematch with Islam Makashev. Where? If he can get that. Wind well, Stadium Wollongong? Well, we, I'd love Wind Stadium Open Wollongong. Air. But That's where he wants to fight. The way fight. he's going, it probably wouldn't be big enough, Matty. We'd probably have to no. go to 60. We'd have to go to Suncorp, or we'd have to go to um, Combank or something <laughs> like that. It'd be huge. But that, that is the... He was, he was unequivocally asked that. I said, for you, is the fight... If you win this one, is the fight for the lightweight belt, or is it to beat Islam? And he says it's to beat Islam. That's mm. his. That's his white whale. That's who he wants to go, and he wants to. He wants to get the win there. If he had a fight on the Eastern Seaboard, what what is a realistic crowd that a promotion? Uh 
featuring Alex Volkanovski could draw? Well, in a big fight like that, I wouldn't think it was out of the realms of possibility to have it somewhere as big as ANZ Stadium. I, I think it'd be monstrous, especially a second fight with um, Makashev. He's, he has so Sydney business Olympic to, Park. Yes. The 80,000 capacity stadium. I reckon they could do that. I what, honestly reckon they 30, could. 40,000 there? Easily. I think that's what they get for that fight. For, for the second gracious. fight with Zalama Makashev, it'd be huge. But, uh, yeah. So Wynn Stadium's just a bit small. Yeah, a bit small. <laughs> no, I honestly do. Yeah, as much as we always thought that might be the case, it probably might be. Yeah, he might have uh, outgrown Wynn Stadium as much as, we, uh, as much as we say we'd love to see him fight here. He's probably gone beyond that. But that, that'll be the fight he's targeting. He, he'd be wanting to... Islam Akashiv would be the fight we all want to see. He, Islam has some business to take care of. He's going to fight in October and tipped very strongly to be uh, Charles Oliveira, the Brazilian former lightweight champion. So Islam's got some business to take care of himself. But I don't think I don't think Islam wants that rematch, Matty. <laughs> I don't think he does. The way that fight ended, he was on his back looking at the looking at the lights in the ceiling, just getting blows rained upon him by Alexander the Great in the fifth round of that one. I don't I don't think he wants that. I think he would have thought I've dodged that bullet. I'd like to move on, but I just think the public clamour is, is going to be too huge for that fight. I don't okay. think he's dodging Alexander the Great anytime soon. I can't. I can't wait to see. It. But he does have to take care of business tomorrow first. Matty Campbell has the same technological skills as I do. I'm getting text messages here that he's turned his roaming off, that he's turned his Wi-Fi off, and he's asking Chris to keep ringing him so he can set the scene of the atmosphere this in sounds, Las Vegas. This sounds like me when I've been out there too late and Angie's calling me from home, just going, "What are you doing?" I'm getting. I, I just got your messages. I don't know what's going on. I think I've had my uh, roaming turned off. I think. I was on aeroplane mode. I'll be home soon, though, I promise. What about the other Aussies? Because this is called Australian Fight Week in Las Vegas. So it's not just Alexander Volkanovsky. Who else are we looking at for tomorrow? Obviously, Rob, Rob Whitaker. Another, yep. Before Volk came along, he was you know, in those realms of popularity. He's, he, he seems to be a middleweight, that the only one that can beat the only middleweight that can beat Rob Whittaker on this planet is Israel Adesanya, the, the current champion. So I don't think Izzy is probably getting a bit bored of trying, trying to get ready to fight Bobby Knuckles again. But he's fighting uh, Duplicus, the South African. This, that's an interesting chance. I, again, I just think I think Izzy and Rob are just so far ahead of everyone else in that division. I can't see any other outcome other than Rob Whittaker winning that fight and setting up a, a mega bout there with, with Israel Adesanya as well. Jimmy Crute, always entertaining to watch. Jack Della... I, I, I was hoping he'd get... I think they have got him another opponent. His opponent had pulled out, but uh, Jack Della, he's the Perth-born fight. He's, he's a killer. He's an absolute destroyer at welterweight, so he's one to watch there. We, they call it the takeover because it's International Fight Week and there's Aussies all over that card and there's so many to watch. This card's stacked, Matty. You can probably see how pumped up I am just to even talk about mm. what we're going to see tomorrow because it's going to be a hell of a card. It's a warm-up for when the NRL will go there early next year. That taking steps... Uh, Closer by the day with clubs nominating us to apply, how they're going to bring some value to that visit across there. Tomorrow, uh, for listeners who are thinking, look, I might cruise down to the local and watch this, what time does the promotion start? What time roughly do you expect uh, Volkanovski to take to the uh, cage? Well, that's the beauty of it, Matty. It depends if you're a, if you're a, if you're a long drinker or not, whoever else you're going to do. So the prelims will start at about 10.30 in the morning, and there's, there's long prelims, so you'll... If you want to be a 10.30am starter, you can do it. There'll be prelims going all the way through. I, I imagine you never know. It's, it's like trying to pick, yeah, you know. Like, but I, I think probably about sort of near 2, 33 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd say Volk would probably be in the cage. But I've been wrong in that score before. But I think that's where he's where he's headed. So go to the local for a lunch, bite to eat on a Sunday, kick back, relax, and sometime over the next few hours, you'll see Alexander the Great Volkanovsky put Wingdang on the world stage again, hopefully with victory. He'll be making some news headlines tomorrow and beyond, and we're going to the news right now. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track.
seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chaps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing I find myself humming that far too often, Mitch Jennings, for some silly reason. Um, I was going to dedicate that to the England cricket team, but I think it also applies to this man after the way his Bulldogs played last week. You've got Matt Russell, you've got Mitch Jennings, and I want to bring in Illawarra Mercury sports editor Tim Barrow. Should I say good morning, Baz? Have you had any of them since that 66-0 scoreline? You wanted Matt Campbell in Las Vegas and you got Tim Barrow in Flinders. Good morning, boys. Um, I, I tell you, hang on, just before we get into that, how did we miss out on this junket? Why aren't Saturdays in the gong over there? Oh, I know. Take, oh, Pete the perfect panel puncher might get it a bit too much strife in Vegas, but the rest of it would be all right. He's a cage line, isn't he? I sit here now just going, this is what's going to happen. We can't take Pete to, to Vegas. Oh, It'd be the end of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete, what would you like to do in Vegas? There is no... We'll go to Pete, the perfect panel punch, because he's got Vegas written all over him. What would be your first port of call, Pete? Well, I could be a nerd and say the trip to the Hoover Dam. To have that, a look is, at... that is nerdish. <laughs> Where is the Hoover Dam? What, what, is, the what Hoover is the Hoover Dam? Dam? The Hoover Dam is, a, is an engineering uh, feat which the Americans are very proud of, just south of Vegas. It's a man-built dam for the desert. See, this is why we can't take into Vegas. This type of unchanged, this kind of mayhem, we can't go with. He's putting his halo back on. I just just want to go to the roulette table and do my cash. He wants to go to a Hoover Dam. He wants to go on a road trip. He wants to do this Hunter S. Thompson type thing happening in Vegas. I can't can't handle it. Pete the perfect panel puncher and partner, the hard-working hero from Hunter's Hill, only had two words to say to me. One was dance... The other was lap. You are not going to Hoover Dam. We know exactly where you're going, Pete. But look, the old part of Vegas. He's going is for nice. a dance lap. Let's That's a strange one. Let's straighten this show up, Baz. Your Bulldogs. They, they they had their minds in other places last week. Surely, where will their minds be tonight against South Sydney? I I really think last week. Uh, you know, they talk in politics about the honeymoon period for a new government, and I think it was a bit the same with Cameron Seraldo last week with the Bulldogs that. Uh, you know, the glass shattered a little bit. Um, they went really stacked the left side. They had Jacob Preston out there, Matt Burton. Uh, they swapped Jake Avarillo to go to the left and obviously Josh Adokar. So all their weapons were out on that side. Unfortunately, you could drive a truck through their defence on the right-hand side because um, they've, they've really struggled with uh, Ockenbohr in the second row. Uh, they had Alamotti, who's since been dropped to reserve grade, uh, and young Rajar, who's... Uh, only had four games of NRL experience, so it was really lopsided. And the Knights just—they uh, just tore them apart. I mean, the only only real optimism they've got here this week is the fact that the Rabbitohs are missing so many weapons. Because I think, uh, if memory serves me correct, the last time they played, that the Origin players that are out scored every point for the Rabbitohs. So it might be a nil-all draw tonight. Baz, I want to ask you, because I know you're someone who looks very keenly at form guides and all the rest. I know you're always very considered in all, all your opinions. If you just said before the start of the season that 60-point scores, there'd be three 60-point scores racked up by the West Tigers would be one and the Knights would be one. <laughs> would, what would you have told? If I told you that before the season started, Baz, what odds would you have given me on three 60-point scores and two of them coming from the Tigers and the other one coming from the Knights? 
it's staggering, isn't it? I mean, about sixty-six to one. It does show you the nature of the game, though, that, you know, with the six agains and, you know, you obviously get the restarts of the, the teams. Once you're on top, if, if your effort isn't there, if your commitment isn't there, if you can't get into the wrestle and into the grind, that it, it's just game over. Shut, shut the shop down and move on to next week. And teams like the Bulldogs, who are down on numbers in their, their pack, they've been pulled apart by teams like the Sharks, who a lot of teams have sort of bagging the shark a lot of people are bagging the sharks about not being up for the big teams but being able to sort of tear the lower teams apart so you know teams like the bulldogs i, I watched the dragons with interest there last night and i think most fans would sort of be happy that they got in and had a real crack and that, that's all all bulldog fans would want as well tonight is to just just go and see that effort get into the contest if you get beat by 10 or 16 or 20 they'll cop it but you know, go and have a crack like the Tigers and like the Dragons have done this week. Well, the winning score they might need tonight could be 36. The two games so far, Cronulla 36, Tigers 12, Canberra 36, St George Illawarra 26. Today, Eels v Warriors, Rabbitohs v Bulldogs. Let's rip into a set of six men and we'll set the scene for the rest of the round and have a bit of fun along the way. Uh, who did it better? Alex Carey and Johnny Bristow or Zach Woodford, Wolford and Elliot Whitehead last night reenacting the stumping. Oh, the stump. Oh, I'm going to go. I can't give best though and any rap. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Zach with Whitehead or Wolford. I ain't rapping those poems for anything. What'd Certainly think, not Johnny Bears though. What do you think of the try celebration, Baz? That's the best thing I've seen since New South Wales <laughs> did the hand grenade in Origin. Um, no, I, I, know, I know you can't give a premiership out for fun and games, but the Raiders deserve one. Who was the biggest flog, just incidentally? Johnny Bairstow, the MCC members, Piers Morgan, Stuart Broad. Uh, all in one, Matty. Can I, get, can I tick all of the above? Uh, yeah, E. All, yeah, the all, above. all of the above. Yeah, oh, oh, mate, I'll, I'll think in any, in any sort of... Uh, I, I can't use the word on a family show, but it rhymes with banker, and I think in any competition <laughs> that goes with that, Stuart Broad's got to be the top, right? Oh, right so up. if I'm going to pick yeah. one, I'm going to go with, with Stuart Broad. No, I've got, I've got Piers Morgan on top. Baz, who have you got on top there? I was about to say Piers Morgan. I don't get riled on social media much anymore, but I'll tell you what, it gets under your skin. <laughs> First game today, Tim Barrow. Eels hosting the Warriors. Now, Sean Johnson and his wife Kayla are expecting their second baby any moment, but Sean boarded the flight to play the Eels yesterday. It's game 200 for SJ for the Warriors. He's the fifth to do so. Before his big assist in the birthing unit, how many try assists for Sean Johnson this evening? Oh, Tim Barrow might have disappeared there momentarily. So, you know, we'll go to you with that. Oh, I think when he's on a charge, I'm going to give him. I'm going to, he's been tearing him up. I'm going to give him two. I'm going to say he's going to have. He's going to lay on more than one. So oh, I, think I two. had three in my mind. Three, three there in you my go. mind. He's, what about his plane? He, we haven't got time to go into it now, Matty. But I was someone asked me the other day and just said, "How would you just define Sean Johnson's legacy if he retired today?" And I. He'd be the hardest one to place. Mm. He'd be the hardest one to describe. We haven't got time to do that in set of six. No, that's we the, don't. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. But as far as your question today, I think you'll get two, Matty. I'm going to go with two. I'm going three, and Baz missed his chance because his phone line dropped out. But he's back now. So question three, Tim Burrow. Do Canterbury win any of their next three games? South tonight, Brisbane next week, Penrith after that. Uh, I think fairly confidently you could say the answer is no, but I'm happy to talk about uh, the fact that Toby Sexton's in the lineup. Uh, I think it's a great pickup in the circumstance from the Titans. Uh, it's exactly what the Bulldogs need because Matt Burton 
just isn't a halfback, and I don't think that's his fault. He's just doing his best in a bad situation. So uh, just what they need at the right time. Mitch Jennings violently shaking his head as well. They do not beat South Brisbane or Penrith over the it's next no from me. three weeks. To quote, to quote another great English banker, <laughs> so I'll say it's a no from me. <laughs> Question four. Gold Coast are missing today, or sorry, tomorrow. Tino Farsul Malawi, David Fafita, AJ Brimson and Mo Fodawaka, yet they are still favourites against the Dolphins. Are Wayne Bennett's men that bad all of a sudden, Geno? No. I don't. I think it's yeah. It's a strange one. That I think this is exactly the type of game that Wayne has got his team up for this year. The one they're not supposed to win. The one where they're written off. The the games that tide you over through a year. They're exactly the type of games he's got them up for this year. So I think yeah, as uh, being outsiders is a, is a strange one. I think they'll get the job done. Tim Barrow, you've got a great eye for value. A Dolphins value as outsiders against the Titans. Yeah, I tipped the Dolphins, and and I just I watched the Do- the Dolphins slide this year, and it's really unwayne Bennett like now. I know they're obviously a new team, and over the grind of a season, they've fallen away a little bit. But I just I can't see a Wayne Bennett team going out uh, with a whimper for the rest of the season. I don't think they'll make the eight, but I, I think the Dolphins might get it done. Mitch Jennings, who'd win a fight between New South Wales debutant Keon Kalau Matangi? And Queensland debutant Corey Horsburgh. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Is it in the phone booth? <laughs> Mate, I'm always going for big red. I'm always backing a redhead in that big red. I love. I saw, did you see the footage of Rick Horsburgh? His old man in the Canberra Raiders. No, Hawaiian shirt. Oh, mate, it was perfect. Handlebar, moustache, the whole thing. You would have said, if you, hadn't, if you just put a picture of him and you didn't give me any context, I'd have gone, that's Corey Horsburgh's dad. I love him. I'm backing Corey Horsburgh every day of the week. I reckon he's shorter priced odds than Alex Volkanovsky is against Yay Rodriguez in that one. <laughs> I can't bring myself to back a Queenslander. What about you, Tim Barrow? Corey Horsburgh is the one bloke you got a group of mates sitting at the pub. He's the one bloke you got to watch out for. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I'll go with Horsburgh as well. Okay, lucky last. Which NRL player is most likely to accidentally break the Marcel, Marcel Marceau art of silence pack. Now, Marcel Marceau, most listeners won't know him. Great mimer, legendary French artist, now sadly not with us, but he operated in silence like the NRL players are trying to at the moment. And a couple almost came unstuck last night at Wynn Stadium. Hello, Jack Bird. Uh, hope you're okay You've got him in one. That was my eye. <laughs> You've taken it out of my mouth, So, Daddy. which NRL player is most likely to accidentally slip up and speak to us evil media? Oh, I've, got a, I've got a short list. Munster, I had Jack Bird in there. He's already breached. Uh, the Fox, Jake Trebojevic, just too nice. Uh, Reese Walsh, um, you know, who's on your list? Who's going to accidentally slip up and just have a yak? Oh, I'm going to go with Jake Trebojevic just on the nice factor yeah, because I, I think they're all pretty determined, but I think the thumbs up, the nice factor, I'm going to go with Jake Trebojevic. Baz, you got a likely suspect there? Well, Matty, I was waiting for you to go full of a current affair and just start hassling players as they're coming, you know, off, off the field. Them, why, yeah. why are you talking to me? Will, will you not comment? Will you not comment? But I'll, I'll go I'll go with uh, Addo Carr because he's got nothing else to do out on that left wing at the moment. They can't get him the ball, so he might as well talk to the media. Well, we're, we're almost out of time, but uh, when it comes to making the Mercury, Tim Barrow, what's floating your boat? Because Albion Park's Jess Hull, she's having a great time headed towards the World Athletics Championships. They're in Budapest, apparently a beautiful part of the world. Uh, in fact, half of Australia seems to be in Europe at the moment. Or do I just follow too many influences? But, but Tim Barrow, what's making the Mercury this week in your eyes? Yeah, I wanted to mention uh, Jess Hull because she's just timing her run perfectly towards... Uh, an Olympics next uh, next year. So, I mean, it, it's really difficult with those sort of middle distance events. It's about 
pace and tempo and just being in the right frame of mind on the right day. But um, she's going to be a real force. And uh, I think she's just just coming into her own. So um, we've seen the success of Emma McKeon in the swimming pool. And I think uh, the Illawarra should be backing Jess Hull on the athletic track. Well, Tim Barrow, have a great day. Uh, God bless your Bulldogs. I hope they discover some superpowers and give South Sydney a challenge. We'll talk again soon, my friend. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. He cuts. He takes the single to backward point. He gets there. The understudy becomes the star attraction. Mitchell Marsh, what an innings. An Ashes classic. What a whirlwind, 24 hours for Mitchell Marsh. Yesterday, he wasn't in the team. Today, he's celebrating his third test century. Uh, what a moment it was and what a quote it gave us. He said, Mitch Marsh, after that century, that stunning innings, best century by an Australian on holiday in Europe. Fantastic effort, Mitch Jennings. Yeah, I think I racked, last time I was in Europe, I racked up a century of beers <laughs> in Prague, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I love what the Ashes can, can turn up. Isn't that just a fantastic story? There is an understudy. How many people even knew he was on the tour, Mitch Marsh? A lot of people, he would have gone under the radar. He was there, obviously, with Cam Green. He, he's been our you know, heir apparent all-rounder forever. He's the future of Australian cricket, still is. But, boy, oh boy, oh boy. And like, he, like we were talking about off-air, the the bowling, it was it looked like we were back in, in an Australian summer. It was banging in short. Yeah. He loved it. He said, he goes, you know, growing up the, like whacker the whacker against that, type of, against that type of pace and against that type of... Of bowling, I felt comfortable, and he really did. He went after it, and yeah, what an what an innings! So let's take stock. He helped Australia to two sixty three in the first innings. England overnight six for one thirty one. I thought we're going to lead convincingly on the first innings. Seven for one forty two. The same thought, but Ben Stokes again, as Phil Gould called him overnight. This pest just won't go away. Supported by Mark Wood, so they got to two thirty seven. Skinny lead for Australia, who are four for one sixteen overnight. A lead of one hundred and forty two with England to bat last. Travis Head not out. 18, Mitch Marsh not out 17. Wouldn't Mitch like to go back to back? If oh, he scores yeah. double set, double tons, one in each innings, we win the test. Three days still to go. Even bad weather forecast tonight shouldn't stop a result in this test. It is compelling television. From a greedy point of view, how good is it to watch the footy on Fox League knowing you've got more to come as soon as Bonnie and the team get off? Switch over. There you are. Cricket all night. How good is it, Matty? You can go out, you can take the footy in, you can go and have a bit of post-football fun, you can come home and right when you think you're about to stumble into bed, just whack on the TV and there you go. We you said can, it you last can find week. hours to go. How, and, and it's a mental trick. You think, I'm going to watch till 11.30. Oh, I'll give it to midnight and then about 2 o'clock in the morning you're stumbling off to bed. But uh, Australia, do they win it from here? <laughs> Oh boy, anything can happen. Like you said, with Ben Stokes there, like that test going around. I think I think um, McDonald said it best himself. He said the, the test a test is always live when Ben Stokes is is there. So, but I think from here, I think they can get it done. I really do. I think it's like you said, it's going to hinge on that that Marsh innings and whether he can back it up again and have one of the great go down in Ashes folklore. There, Tra- but uh, I think they can, yeah. Travis Head, 18 not out. Mitch Marsh, 17 not out. The Aussies, 4 for 116. Leading by 142. Win this test. We retain the Ashes. We're back right after this. Test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. 
Great to have you with us as we launch into my favourite segment. We are banging the gong. That is celebrating or cursing this great region. Yeah, and today it is perfectly still a magnificent morning, but I've got a negative bang the gong, Mitch Jennings. Uh, normally I've been super positive. When this joint is windy, gee, it's horrible. <laughs> and, and we have had windy Wollongong a couple of days this week, right? I, I, to make Wollongong perfect, all we need to do is, pardon the expression, Piss the wind off. Oh, buddy, I love it every week. I wonder what element you're going to be discussing this week. You've wrapped the ocean. You've wrapped the ocean. You've wrapped the sky. Oh, just you're banging the, the gong on this, and now wind. you're sitting there banging on the wind. I so... hate it, and it gets so windy. Oh, mate, seven seasons in one day. Okay, come on, hit me with yours. I'm banging the gong, and I'm actually going to bring in, to support my case, I'm going to bring in an absolute Australian icon. I'm talking Dylan Alcott, of course, yes. the multiple-time Grand Slam winner and everything else, because I've been banging this gong a little for a little while, Matty. How on earth does Alec Volkanovsky, we spoke about him earlier on, how does he not yet have the keys to the city of Wollongong? It's absurd. It has to happen. A change. And I'm going to quote Dylan Alcott on this. We have some incredible performers like Sam Kerr, but Volk is a back-to-back-to-back-to-back world champion. If you're doing that, you're a top athlete in this country. He deserves the keys to the city. I'm going to bang the gong on that. Get him the keys to the city. Absolutely. Make it happen. Gordon Bradbury, Lord Mayor, give him the keys to the city. Speaking of outstanding athletes, we have one in our midst, the great... Graham Jennings, the original <laughs> Jennings, Penrith Panther, North Sydney Bear, mighty Magpie, West Magpies. Then he took his skills to England. He's down visiting from a beautiful part of the world, almost as good as the Illawarra, Foster Tunkari, Mitch. Yes, home, Foster Tunkari up there. They'll be, they'll be listening in here at the Lakes and Oceans Hotel this morning, Absolutely no doubt. they will. Hope they've had a swim this morning, a brisk walk. Foster Maybe they've got a swim at the Bellevue Hotel, Matty, one of your <laughs> other favourites. They've jumped Maybe. off the roof into the belly. Graham Jennings, great to see you here, mate. I hope you have a wonderful stay. That's the first hour done. The Mowers Club coming up on 11.70 in Sydney. You can keep listening to Saturdays in the Gong on the app. We have an hour of fun still to come. Saturdays in the Gong. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Ah, you're listening to Saturdays in the Gong. Matt Russell alongside Mitch Jennings. We are here thanks to Impact Garage Doors, impacting homes in the Illawarra for 20 years. Wollongong City Motors, make sure you visit them for a test drive today. Our wonderful hosts, the Wollongong Golf Club, on another glorious Saturday morning on the coast. Mitch, the Dragons last night across the road, beaten by the Raiders, 36-26. We've touched on the injury concerns for Jaden Sullivan. Nasty to see Paul Turner also cop a knock in the last lower back. Last night they didn't know exactly the seriousness. Of, they thought he was okay. There was a little bit of concern for, you know, the organs around there and, and, and the structure of the back, but I think he's going to be okay, which was good news, but maybe long odds to play their next game, although they do have a bye now, the Dragons, yeah, before two more yeah. win stadium games against the Tigers and Manly. Uh, I asked Ryan Carr last night, is there a bit of light there now? Do you, do you, what are the goals from here? And he said just to win as many games as possible. Um, how do you see the Dragons finishing off 2023? Oh, it's really one of those points where it can go one of two ways, can't it, Matty? Can really, the wheels, I asked, did the wheels come off completely after that Cronulla game? I asked Curry that the other night and he said no. He goes, I was, I was happy with the effort as much as the scoreline went that way. He was very, very disappointed after that Warriors game and I thought, there, yeah, okay, we might have literally 
we're bottoming out here. It's going to mm. be tough from here. But I think they can salvage something. They need the buy. Obviously, Tyrell Sloan had a, had a bit of a calf niggle. That gave Paul Turner his opportunity. He's obviously a bit hobbled now. So, Jack Bird has been carrying just niggling played, knee soreness. Played so. New South Wales Cup uh, last night. Are you yeah. surprised by that? A, a player of Jack standing in the game to play him in. If you've got an injury and they're bringing mm. him back, they, the, the excuse was we wanted to give him an arena where he could ease back into yeah. rugby league. I, I'm, I don't know. A, a I few don't journos know. had raised eyebrows. I, I do, yeah, I understand that's, a, that's an eyebrow raiser. I've sort of spoken to Ryan Carr through that for the last little while and often you hear oh he's just rested we just need to get him right and you think okay just just use the word dropped use the d word but in this instance i really do think that they're struggling to put their their finger on what it really is with with birdie it's a tendonitis he's obviously had history with knee injuries uh and he's i spoke to him about it uh, after the the warriors game i said what's going on there what what and he says it's just niggling soreness it's not a result of his acl tears and his surgeries it's not a, of the battle he fought with rheumatoid arthritis as, a, as mm. a teen it's nothing to do with that either he's gone and checked that as well so it's just this lingering soreness so as much as i understand that that raises some eyebrows that he was running around in cup oh what's going on there oh, i tend to believe the line being spun on that one that they're just trying to get him some footy to, to just get see how it works to see how they can carry those injuries through it's a hard thing to do in the nrl level if you're not quite 100 percent, and he's probably not 100 percent at the moment birdie with that soreness so i I understand the eyebrow raising, but I, I tend to believe the, the line being spun on that one. Dan Russell made his debut, 27 years of age, 214 days. And Mark and Maxine, his parents were down to visit. Uh, he has three siblings who are here. His fiance obviously lives here with him, but a, a really special night. These are the good stories, aren't they? When blokes play for eight years in the Queensland Cup, now another year in the New South Wales Cup as part of the Dragon system, and nearly 30 gets to make his NRL debut and I thought he was actually really good really sound big body uh, certainly did himself uh, you know no disservice and, and he might see more NRL before the season's done you'd think so yeah and they needed it didn't they obviously Ryan Carr's done his fair share of me calls this year where he's coming and going what are you going to throw at me now because of all the stuff like, and you know it's and, got to be said Carr is doing a fantastic now, job now, as an interim it's got to be said you, you raise a very good point yeah. he, he's the interim coach he's had injuries he's had the Ben Hunt turmoil he's had the other coach being announced in the background, and now speculation that Dean Young's going to come back as well. I thought his answer last night about your future and the way he played that was just superb. He, he said that I can't think about next year. I think about this team now because we, my priority is this team now. So he's, he's wrapping his arms around his players. He, he's also... Um, saying all the right things. I thought it was a supreme answer, but is there an interim coach who's had a, a more turbulent time than Ryan Cut? There probably is, given they're interim coaches for a reason, right? But, That's right, but yeah. Certainly it's never he, a breeze, but I, I agree, Matty. curveballs. Well, and I think that the, the... Obviously, you know, you're coming in as an interim in certain circumstances, so there's going to be some things you need to pull back together. That A lot of the time, there can be a very little pressure on an interim coach in that regard. There's mm. not high expectations, and it's probably the case with the Dragons, but... The Ben Hunt thing for, for Akari would have been a curveball. I don't think he saw that coming or would have thought, coming as an interim coach, he's got a very good relationship with Benny, so I think that was one of the things he could lean on as an interim coach, that him and the halfback, the captain, are pretty in sync, and that's something they can utilise, and obviously that what's going on there is, is, is bringing some more turbulence to it. But yeah, my, in my interactions, watching from afar, speaking with him, I can't speak highly enough of, of Ryan Carmody. I think he's done a, a fantastic job as interim. But as you said, Dan Russell too, what a what a story. They needed that sort of yarn, didn't they? But it's just the perspective it brought, like Curry spoke to that before, you know, you've got these guys that have played hundreds of games and you've got these, it's a grind year in, year out about rocking up, we're going to drag, and he's the guy that's just overwhelmed by the opportunity at 27 to play one NRL game. It was a valuable piece of perspective for them, I think. So I think 
that was, uh, yeah, he said, like you said, didn't do himself any disservice. Something the whole team could use as a bit of a boost, I think. I have a brother called Tim Russell. Dan's two brothers, Matt Russell and Tim Russell. There so, you go. A bit confusing there at Wynn Stadium <laughs> last night. I'm running out of all of them, mate. We've got Ryan Webb, we've got Ryan Carr, now we've got De- I'm, I'm, I'll be calling the wrong names all year. Right, I can tell you. Origin. We haven't spoken Origin yet, and certainly boy, the, boy. Freddie's taken the mix master to the team. Too many changes, the right changes. What's your assessment? Oh, jeez, Matty, I don't know. Like, the. For all the criticism that the changes have got, can you imagine if they'd made no changes, Matty? Can you imagine the uproar mm. if they'd come in and said, no, we're sticking with the same team? We're... So they'll pretty much damned if they do, damned if they don't in, in that scenario. But I, I, I find a lot of people that disagree with the changes. I can't find two people that disagree for the same reason, that, yeah. <laughs> that can well, agree at, on what they disagree I, on. It's I, I bizarre. Why do you name Stefano Utoikamanu playing for 10 minutes or 12 minutes to be precise yeah. and then cast him aside? I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I do not get that. Yeah, me either, Matty. I'm with that, that was a bizarre one for me. I I, I I haven't enjoyed the way I guess Freddie and, and obviously Brandy have spoken about those the, the the pitch that is disrespectful to the players that we in the media or punters are discussing that is disrespectful mm. to them. To me, it's a bit of a a cop out to criticism of that or questions about that. Or it's, it's it's something that happens all the time when we see these criticism of these selections and I'll go, oh, so you're saying he shouldn't be picked? Or you? And it's not about Bradman Best at all. It's literally going, okay, what? There's not very little rhyme or reason to a lot of the selections here. So tell us the rhyme or reason to that one. And the first thing you need to do is jump down the throat and say, oh, no, that's disrespectful to Bradman Best. I, I, they were damned. They had to make changes, Matty. They would have been pilloried if they hadn't. I yeah. don't envy the position they're in. It's 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 a tough thing to make. But it's you talk about narrative and what you're trying to spin and where you're going. And it just seems that there doesn't seem to be a coherent approach to these selections and where they're going and so I'm not surprised that people were always going to be in uproar there was no they were never going to pick a team that would keep everybody happy they couldn't go with the same team but you know I've got people that say oh Jerome Luai was hard done by other people saying oh he had to go <laughs> you know it, yeah. that, everyone wanted changes they can't agree on what changes they wanted so it's a very very difficult difficult situation I think for, for Freddie and, and Brandy to be in there as far as juggling that so I, I don't envy the position they're in but you know they want to get it there and just play some footy I think so bottom line is it 3-0 or 2-1 oh, I can't see anything other than 3-0 Matty yeah, I'm trying sadly. As, far, as rare as they are and I think Billy would be Billy would be absolutely hammering in that Queensland camp for mine I think he'll be saying the team I was a part of 11 of 12 what it was this great one of the greatest teams ever assembled we, we had a sweep twice in that time that's how rare they are that's how rare the opportunities to get them are how special they are. I've got no doubt that'd be the line that Billy and Cameron and JT and the old firm would be driving in the camp at the moment going, that this isn't a dead rubber, that the opportunity to sweep uh, an Origin Series is a very special one and that's what you've got. I reckon that'll be the line uh, through Maroon's camp. I tipped New South Wales 40-0 in the first two games. I shan't be doing it again. Well, you said uh, that You said that by 40. I thought you might have, uh, <laughs> I thought you might have uh, yeah, done a, done a panel it. punch a bit wrong. I yeah. said, do you mean by four or 40, Matty? <laughs> Super Saturday, Eels against the Warriors on Fox League this evening. Then tonight, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs, the Fig Tree Heights Punters Club, the dads there who have a group. They might hang on your information here, Mitch. So, Eels, Warriors, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs, give me your two winners. Oh. Oh, I think... Now, listen, we know that there's no Mitch Moses, there's no Clint Gustin, yes, that's what I was there's looking no at Regan there. Campbell Gillard, whereas Sean Johnson is expected to play for the Warriors. So the Warriors will be favourites. Can the Eels cause an upset? I think, they, I think they can. I don't think they will. And I think, Matty, this is a test of the the Warriors. The, the, these are the new Warriors under Andrew Webster. Because this, Matty, as we know, a Warriors team going well in recent seasons mm. and over the years, this is precisely the type of game that they should win that they drop. 
against an underman team. They don't show up and they get done by a team that's, you know, trying to put one in that week. So I think under Andrew Webster, they're a different beast. I think the Warriors will get it done. South Sydney against the Bulldogs. The Dogs after that 66-0 capitulation. But the Rabbitohs, how many Origin players are they missing with Cam Murray out, with Cody Walker not there? There are others as well who I'm trying to remember as I, I feel here. They're, they're, they're missing a Kalamatungi. Keon Kalamatungi. So um, easy to fight with Corey Horsburgh, remember, right. Maddie? Yeah. Does the door open a little bit for the Bulldogs here? Oh, I think the door open. Like, we can probably get a bit of a, a gauge on what the Tigers produced the other night, and they sort of went with the Sharks mm. for a while. You're always going to get some sort of bounce back from a performance that they put in. But boy, oh boy, I can't. Even with South Sydney being undermanned, I, I struggle to see the Bulldogs. I struggle to see the Bulldogs after last week beating the Dapto Canaries at Dapto Showground at the moment. I'm glad so, you mentioned that. Yeah, I'm I glad think. you mentioned that because we need to set the scene. Come on, mighty Wollongong. Let's go to some local league. Maestro, away you go. <laughs> Ah, we always give them a taste of steel. Any excuse to play that? Illawarra Rugby League, where are you calling today, Mitch? Uh, the match will be at Parish Park, top of the table clash, West v Collegians. It's got to be an absolute belter, Matty. It's got that real feeling of a blockbuster. They always are when these top sides meet each other, but we're now just past that halfway mark of the season. The, the contenders are all sort of seeing where they land in that top four. They're all... We see what they're about. We know what they're about at this point of the year, and they're coming up against each other now. Collegians, Collegians, to me, if they win this afternoon, firm into Premiership favouritism for me because this would be a stretch. It's been rare in recent years that you've had a draw that allows this type of scenario, but they've gone to Gibson Park, the rule, knocked off the rule a fortnight ago. Last week, they've gone up to Captain Cook Oval, knocked off De La Salle up there. Mm. Now they've got West at Parish Park. If you can win that treble on the road, the top two spot becomes theirs to to drop and you really start to think they're going to be a hard team to beat in any sort of big games that come at the back end of the year so plenty at stake the Devils obviously last week was their first loss of the year they hadn't really looked like losing a game uh, until last week but at the same time hadn't really been hitting their straps or hitting the ceiling that we know they can hit so maybe a, a wake up call will be a bit too strong but just a reminder that you know what you got to do to win the big games in this competition so they'll be wanting to bounce back old boys day at Parish Park oh, yeah. it's, it's one to see so <laughs> okay. that, uh, yeah, that, that's an absolute belt so tune in via the uh, Illawarra Mercury website Matty you can uh, you can take the stream in. You're taking great live and free. Oh, we might we might I don't, might have a few Coke Zeros. Yeah, okay, okay. Me, me and the OJ might have a few Coke Zeros. There, Matty Ray at West will sort us out. He always <laughs> sorts us out with Coke Zeros there. So it would be interesting to see. Group Seven Rugby League. I'll go through the draw. All these games at three o'clock. Home team listed first. Berry Shoalhaven against Milton Alabella today. Jamboree Shell Harbour also today. Stingrays of Shell Harbour against Warilla Lake South also today. Luckily, that game is today for Warilla. They'll have other sporting events to watch they tomorrow, will. no doubt. And tomorrow, these games tomorrow, two tomorrow in Group 7, now Robomadary against Albion Park Oak Flats, Kiama against Gerringong. Won't that be a game? What what ones jump out at you there, Mitch, as you go through the, the five contests in Group 7? Oh, look, they all do, Matty, to be honest, at this stage with that... that bottleneck of a final series they're going to have. I'm, I've been very keen watching now Abomadary everywhere they go because they're the real uh, climbers this year for me. They've come up. They probably weren't considered to be right in the realms of title contention before the season started. They're under Adam Quinlan and as I've said, he was pretty measured in 
in what he would predict from his side this year. Some young guys were blooded last year and it was a bit tough for them they've come through. To me, they really jumped off the sheet for me. They're a team to mm. watch, obviously. Whether the Stingrays can um, can move on from the from the Ray era, which looks like they're going to do, and they're going to be right thereabouts. So I, anywhere the narrow Bombardieri Jets play at the moment, Matty, I'm very keen on having a look at them. And Albion Park, they've been uh, struggling at different times this year, have for the last couple of seasons, but they've been giant killers this year. Knocked off Gerringong, they've had a couple. Got, uh, got it had to force to take a draw last week on the bell. Milton Aldala got across in the corner on the siren. So it's just one of those those teams that are battling to get over that hump for that win and they had to share the points last week. But that'd been an interesting watch this year as well, Matty. So there's there's intriguing storylines at whichever fixture uh, in Group 7 you go it's to a at present. It's a bunch ladder. Gerringong 9-3, Stingrays 9-3, Shell Harbour 8-4, Narrabomadary 7-4 with a draw and Jambrew 7-5. So, uh, can I put this on yeah. your radar? A Stingrays versus Shell Harbour Sharks grand final. Oh, goodness. You know who'd love that? Brian Hancock, Harness yeah. Racing Royalty. Lives yes. down at Shell Harbour now. Yeah, takes go. himself along to the Group 7 games whenever he can and a, raves yeah. about it. Yeah. He'd be on, in the middle of the hill leading the chant. So with Tim Barrow, I think, a Flinders Flinders resident. It wouldn't be that go. far from Flinders there Field, I think. So that, well, Matty, Might that's even the... get Graeme Jennings down from Foster <laughs> to watch that one. It's the derby we need, Matty. You always talk about, you know, we talk about the NRL. Oh, wouldn't they? A South, a South Roosters grand final would just, yeah. I reckon... Group 7 at present. A Stingrays versus Shell Harbour Sharks grand final. Oh, that's box office, Matty. Let's so let's see happen. if we can get it. It's, it's very, very, very much in the realms of possibility the way they're travelling, Matty. So we'll see if that ends up being the case. We'll leave league there after the break. Jordan Warren is going to join us to talk the round ball game. Illawarra Premier League and, of course, the FIFA Women's World Cup getting very close now. We're back after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive day. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Yeah, listening on 1170 in Sydney, 1575 in the Illawarra. And really, we just treat it as two hours on air. Even when the ad breaks are playing, we're still talking about sport and other matters. And what were you saying about the Taliban there, Mitch Jennings? (laughs) I think you misheard me, Natty. I think think it was the understatement of the year. They're a bit of a weird mob. That's one way to describe them. Uh, Let's go to the round ball code where Jordan Warren is standing by, one of Jamboree's finest. How are you, Jordan? He was standing by, but the phone line there to I think Jamboree. you've scared him off. I think you've lobbed him, you've lobbed him into a political hotbed and Absolutely. he's gone, forget that, I'm going back to Jamboree. Absolutely. But the women, the FIFA Women's World Cup, it's very close. Now, the, the, the team's starting to arrive and, and begin their preparations. And, of course, the Matildas, they have that send-off game. They're getting sent off to play in their own country, but yeah. it's a warm-up game, essentially. And uh, we'll see how the Matildas can, can fare there. But there's so much expectation around them. And uh, I, I think that when, once the event starts and the news cycle begins, and hopefully the Matildas post an early victory, I, I think the country will jump on board, even though perhaps at the moment, that as the AFL and NRL and all this European sport like the Ashes goes on, maybe there's not the space for for the country to jump on board the FIFA Women's World Cup like it will when the tournament starts. That's right, mate. We always back a winner, don't you? So if they get the wins early on, as you you say, it's, you know, I'll be curious once we do get Raps back on the line to get, you know, an informed take on genuinely what the Matildas' chances are, what they have to do, what needs to fall their way for them to be a chance at at hoisting this because it's, mate, it's something else, mate, to what they do. And And we... If you're a casual observer, you look at the likes of, you know, Caitlin Ford, you know, Wollongong's own and, and Sam Kerr, and you think, oh, surely we're right in hunt, but I guess it's probably going to be more too, and it's going to be a more difficult path through 
everything else. So I'd be interested to hear once we do get Rabs on what, well, I think what his fun- genuine what his genuine take on on the Matilda's chances are. The phone line in the Jamboree pub has been reinstalled. It's been plugged in, fixed, taped up, whatever he's had to do. Jordan Warren, how are we feeling about the FIFA Women's World Cup? I don't know. That phone line. The rats have got it. Now. The rats have got it now? No, no. Not a, <laughs> not a Jamba pub. Well, that's right. There's no rats Not a chance in hell, Matty. No, no. no. no we haven't been down there yet. It's still, it's right on the uh, agenda. We're just trying to figure out, you know, a way to get down there for the Mercury Sports Department, uh, you know, meeting, editorial conference. Yeah, 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 we haven't had that yet. So Tim Barron needs to get on that. Needs to start running the department properly and getting the important things happening. I thought you'd be taking OJ, Graham Jennings, your dad there some stage during his visit to this fine no, region. No, we are going to go have a, have a hit of golf later on, Matty. So, as, as we said before, we, we, we spoke about Hang the Hang on, uh, I thought Illawarra you were meant before. to be calling the Illawarra League, but oh, well, you, Matty, you've brushed that, haven't you? I, I, haven't, I haven't brushed it. That's a bit harsh to say. <laughs> I haven't brushed it. I have, I, have delegated, I have delegated some to the great Jordan Warren, so he's going to get a real initiative. He's done a lot, obviously, football and everything else. He's worked on television, but I don't think he quite... Uh, has grasped everything that goes on and being part of the Parish Park we'll media box. It's old, it's old Boys Day at Parish Park. Matty Ray will be there, no doubt. In what it. is the media box? The media box. I know what it is, but I want you to tell it, me. It's a is. literal box. It's it's a box. It's a shoebox on top of the, the, the Old Boys bar, and it's fantastic. There is no better vantage point to cover a game of uh, Illawarra Rugby League than the Parish Park media box, as I said. It even comes with bar service. The corporate hospitality is second to none at Parish Park. So I'm going to give, it a, give a wrap to my, my mate Matty Ray there. He always looks after us in the media box. So that might be what uh, what Rabs Warren can uh, can cop there this afternoon. He'll be there with – he'll have uh, our other great mate, Johnny Pett, there mm. uh, to, to guide him. He'll be calling that one. So as I say, tune in via the Laura Mercury website to the stream. There'll still be commentary. It'll be it'll be a bit lacklustre, given that I'm not there, Matty. So <laughs> I've usually got Johnny there. I'm usually carrying Johnny Pett through that, so he'll have to actually – do something today, Johnny yep. Pett. You might have to actually be across something for once, but you know he'll manage, and he'll have our man Jordan Warren there. Yeah, telecommunications expert Jordan Warren, because the problem is fixed. Jordan, we started this chat as we uh, tried to fix up a few technical glitches. Talking about the Women's World Cup, which is getting near now. We see stories about teams arriving in the country to really ramp up their preparations. You, you know it's almost here. Yeah, morning, boys. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely building excitement now. We're you know under, we're about two weeks away from the first game when New Zealand and Australia kick off the tournament. But yeah, the teams are starting to flood in and um, and they're starting to to get their training bases under. We've seen the Matildas that have got a U-Butte training base, and um, yeah, Brazil came into the country the other day with with a pretty important political message in support of of Iran and women's rights over there. So it was, um, you know, the World, the World Cup is sort of that time of, it's sort of a tournament where, where teams, we've seen it obviously at the Men's World Cup last year in, in Qatar, there was a number of teams standing up for, for political rights and movements in the, uh, you know, in support of people in the Middle East and, and definitely in women's football. Um, it, it's something that's always been, a, we've been accustomed to obviously with, with pay rights and, and women's rights. So yeah, it's definitely a, a, a tournament that can showcase that and, and make a message and, and make a difference. But so in terms of on-the-field stuff, yeah, it's definitely starting to get very hot now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not too far away. So listeners who aren't aware, the Brazilian team arrived in a plane. Jordan that had uh, writing along the side of it, encouraging uh, women to be able to show their face and, and work and enjoy all the parts of life that uh, the Western world um, affords them, but not unfortunately, in some other parts of the world. Do you expect these political messages and, and the theme to continue right through the tournament? Yeah, I would expect so. Like You would think you would think so, especially in women's football. Like I said before, women's football, women's footballers have always had a, a long 
history of battling pay rises and, and battling for equal rights. And, and it's definitely improving, but it's still not quite there with, with the men's game. So I think that it's definitely a, a, a platform that a lot of players and, and the teams will, will be able to use it uh, for, for that message in particular to make, to make changes for future, uh, you know, future careers for, for women's footballers to come. Obviously, with the Brazilian team, that's just one example. But, uh, yeah, uh, the Matildas have been pretty vocal on... on uh, on, on uh, equal rights for, for, for female footballers. But, yeah, no, it's definitely a platform where, um, where the players can do that. And it definitely does make a message for, um, for the future um, of women's football. Rabs, as we were saying before we brought you on, it's obviously it's a home World Cup and there'll be all the pressures that come with being a host nation and, and everything else. And obviously the Matildas will have you know an entire country behind them. But as an informed uh, as an informed opinion that you obviously do have, what do you make of, I guess, the path they'll have to walk to hoisting the trophy? What do you think of their chances? We obviously see, you know, when you've got a, a Sam Kerr in your lineup, and obviously Laura's own, Cutlin Ford as well, the the, uh, the marquee players are certainly there as a way that could get them over the line. But as an overall, as far as their path through, as far as where they could end up, what is your informed view of the chances of uh, the Aussies hosting it, uh, hoisting the World Cup uh, on home soil? I think it's very good, Jenna, and obviously we, we've never won it before, but, but I think that the form that the side's shown, I think, shows that we're probably the most informed team going into the tournament. There's a number of other powerhouses, obviously. The USA are always the number one. They've won the last two tournaments, but, but they're not coming into the, the tournament with great form. They're coming into it, into it with a bit of a transitional period, and there's other teams uh, in that basket as well. Spain uh, uh, had a number of issues with uh, the coach in terms of players walking out, not agreeing, and so they... You know, the recent Cup of Nations, where the Matildas uh, won on home soil, uh, Spain didn't have a lot of their squad. So, and then there's you know teams like Germany, Sweden. They're just not quite where they where they could be in the in the peak of their powers. So, I think that the Matildas, in, on the other hand, that they poised the Cup of Nations, they've beaten England away from home just recently in a friendly, albeit being a friendly, but it, but to beat England away from home is a phenomenal feat. And I think that in terms of the group itself, we've got we've got Nigeria. Obviously, we open with Ireland, and we've got Canada as well. And and it's three completely different teams, but if you if you navigate the group, um, obviously Ireland are a very defensively orientated team. You, but if you get an early goal against them, then then you're well on your way. You wouldn't expect them to cause too many problems. Nigeria, very athletic team, but it can always surprise you. They're something like five-time African champions, so they're, they're uh, no mugs by any by any stretch of the imagination. And of course, Canada, reigning Olympic champions, are a sensational team. So, but if you navigate the group, you get out of it. But then, obviously, get when you get out of the group, every game is going to be tough. Uh, I think on the in terms of the draw, I think that we'll, we could potentially face England in that round of 16. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure when I was looking at it the other day, that that's where it'll go. But I think in terms of in terms of us winning it, that fourth man's going to be incredibly important. And th- those stadiums, especially that first one against Ireland at, at Stadium Australia with 80,000 fans, is going to be absolutely rocking, and that'll help the Matildas going through it. And players like Sam Kerr, players like Shell Arbors, Caitlin Ford, uh, they're they're in form, and, and it's sort of that do or die. I guess these players are. Uh, at 29, 30, will they get to another World Cup? You never know. They might, they might not. I think in front of their home fans in Australia, I think it's the, it's the best chance we're, we're ever going to get. And I'm extremely confident that we can do really well. It's just about starting that group really well and, and keep building that confidence and then kicking on from there. Well, Jordan, we look forward to your expertise when it comes to covering the FIFA Women's World Cup. We'll do it here every Saturday morning, Saturdays in the gong, using what you have seen. So thank you for that. But Back to the local game, Illawarra Premier League. Uh, what stands out to you this weekend? Yeah, well, there's a, there's five games today, Matty. Uh, last night there was a game, first v second. The Albion Park got the better of Cringilla, so Albion Park now go six points clear of the 
competition, it was a massive win for Park after uh, they lost last week and been stuttering the last few weeks. But in terms of today, there's plenty of action. I'm highlighting Coniston against Helensburg. It's probably the two most informed teams in the competition. I think they've both gone... Uh, Coniston have gone five unbeaten and, and Berg have gone four wins on the trot. And they're both just outside that top five. So they're, they're both gunning to, to make that finals spot. Like Coniston at the start of the season would have expected to make finals but they've had a coaching change throughout the season and, and of course Helensburg absolutely dominated the league below the district league last year and been promoted this year but they've uh, definitely punched above their weight with a with a very competitive squad so those two uh, that game today again with those two sides they're both in great form they won't want to lose so that's the one I'd highlight in other games we've got United, Wollongong United against the Lambie, Torremol against Bullo which will also be another good game it should be a high score of that one both teams are uh, attacker flowing at the moment and then you've got uh, Wollongong Olympic who of course beat the leaders Park last week going up against Port Kembla and then in the late fixture tonight South Coast United against Tarawana Blueys so plenty of action in the IPL this weekend Matty Gee it's a big day for you then Jordan after you fill in for Mitch Jennings who's delegated to you this afternoon are you ready to step into the big fella's shoes and cover a bit of Illawarra Rugby League yeah, I was pretty keen. I'm pretty keen on some of those Coke Zeros he was talking about before today, so we'll uh, see if uh, they're offered to me. But yeah, no, it should be a massive game in the Illawarra League, uh, West against the Legion. So yeah, I think I can do Geno's job, but definitely uh, not as good as him, but uh, I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> good on you, Jordan. You can, Rabs. Mate, we appreciate your input each and every Saturday. We look forward to the FIFA Women's World Cup, and we'll read your great work on the Illawarra Premier League in the Mercury during the week. Good on you, Jordan. We'll talk next week. Time for the news, and we're back with the last half hour of Saturdays in the Gong. listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Great to have you with us. And to set the scene here, I wonder whether we have a special anthem to play, Maestro. Is there one waiting right there in the background you can hit play on or not? Let's see. No, not there. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Bring it up. Bring it up. Why are we playing the South African National Anthem, you might ask? Well, Mitch Jennings at 1.05am tonight, so tomorrow morning technically. What will you be doing? Uh, very hard for me to predict. Sorry, it'd be very hard for me to predict at this point, Matty. <laughs> well, I, would be, I, I wouldn't be promising anything. <laughs> I know what our next guest will be doing. Toby Dawson will be glued to the television set watching the Wallabies take down South Africa. Good morning, Toby. That is what's going to happen, isn't it? We are going to flog the Springboks on their own turf. Yeah, Maddie, we're hoping that the national anthem is the last time the Springboks see joy in the early hours of the morning because Eddie's going to do his thing, weave his magic, and the Wallabies are going to trample them. Now, I heard that be an, South uh, Africa was playing it, playing its best team at home and then sending basically a second string side to the, to the overseas games in this rugby championship. Is that what's happening? Are, are the Springboks pronounced favourites tonight? Uh, well, in a uh, good turn of events, really, uh, I guess, reflecting their interest in the game tonight, which is why I think they're going to get a uh, bit of a lesson. They've actually rested 12 of their top-tier players and flown them early to New Zealand for the game against the All Blacks next week. Uh, mm. So I think 
it's a really interesting turn of events. I think it demonstrates a level of respect that the Springboks have for the uh, Wallabies, which is a bit bad on their behalf. But what we do know is Eddie Jones is a king of the mind games, and he knows that he'll have the boys fired up because they must win this if they're going to put a uh, put a contest into the rugby championship. There's some fodder for Eddie Jones when South Africa fly their, their you see that, can't first you? Yeah. stringers over to New Zealand and almost turn their backs on the Wallabies. Wow, mm. Mitch Jennings, wouldn't Eddie thrive on that? Exactly, that's what you need. If, you, if you're in that sort of position and you're, you're going to have something lobbed up to you, you, if you're a coach, and as we heard, Eddie, master of the mind games and experienced coach and all the rest, loves to create a sort of siege mentality. Well, that's just being spoon-fed, aren't you? If you've got that, they're not even here. They're not even sending their, their <laughs> best mob and they're off. They're on their way to New Zealand. It's Yeah, that's that's custom-made for a coach like Eddie Jones, surely. I'm bewildered by the way rugby treats rotating players and sitting players out and trying to almost outthink themselves and getting tangled. Blake Shop, Toby Dawson. Wanuna's own. Shamrock's Blake Shop. Is he going to play for the Wallabies tonight? Well, look, as a very proud Viking, it does pay me to say great things about a shamrock. But um, <laughs> he's had an absolute stellar career, you know. He um, was part of the Waratahs COVID relief uh, squad. And as all good potential Waratahs do, they get poached by the Brumbies and go on, on to even greater things. Um, and, you know, trained out in an outstanding way in the lead-up to this year's season. Got a start for round one, which was against the Waratahs, and has played amazing football ever since. Uh, James Slipper hurts his knee. He gets called over on an emergency flight as a backup. Look, I would like to think for the Wallabies to have their best side on the field to really make sure we get this win over the Springboks. But look, if Slipper's out and Shoppy comes in, I still reckon that, you know he, he's ready for this. He's ready for that Praetorian crowd. We know that they're a very vocal, um, let's call them aggressive crowd. It's not going to be a lot of Wallaby support. And knowing how the Shammies train their kids from a very early age, I think that'll fire him up. He'll really step up the plate and put his best foot forward and really hold that scrum. He's a fantastic prop, so I don't think we'll lose anything there. He's great around the park, good mobility. Um, yeah, I think it's a really exciting opportunity and I, I think that they will, for the interest of the Rugby Championship and the World Cup later in the year, I think they will give James Slipper the rest. Would there be shades of James Slipper's own debut in Shoppy if he got one? What, what didn't he lie about? His, didn't Slipper lie? It said he was one hundred and ten, and he was about one hundred and one or something. I mean, there'd be there'd be shades of uh, of James Slipper's own debut in that, surely. Yeah, I think so. And but look, this is the this is the passion and the drive that people have. They, you know, they will do whatever they can to make sure that they're into that starting squad. Because if you have played rugby in any stage of Australia, the ultimate pinnacle is putting on that gold Wallabies jersey. So they they will be doing whatever they can to support um, Shoppy get through. I think there is going to be a lot of coaching and mentoring from uh, James Slipper for Shoppy going into this battle. But, uh, yeah, it is pretty pretty cool how you see that history repeating. I'll tell you what, it's a big it's a big Saturday afternoon and evening, Toby, isn't it? When you go Fox League Super Saturday into flicking over to the cricket for a couple of hours to flicking over to watch the Wallabies against South Africa. Give us your tip in that game. What well, give us your scoreline prediction and be bold, please, Toby. Be bold. Yeah, look, I'm gonna go a uh half time, full time double firstly. I think we're gonna see a very marginal uh score line at half time, which will be in the Wallabies' favour. Uh, and then they'll come out firing, pumped up by Eddie at half-time and absolutely put the foot on the throat, so to speak, in that first 20 minutes, get a good lead in front and walk away with a comfortable victory. 
There you go, when it comes to, There's my good, I like it. I like it. I'm going to be following that, Toby. When it comes to Illawarra rugby, last weekend, Shulhaven 55-0 against Bowral. Campbelltown 19-12 over Uni. Kiama 33-30 in a thriller against Shamrocks. And Tektar's 26-10 winners against Camden. That means that the ladder has Shulhaven on top, followed by Avondale, Kiama, Tektar's, Campbelltown, Shamrocks, Barrel, Camden and Uni. Today, Avondale against Shoalhaven. Now, let's just stop right there. Avondale against Shoalhaven. Here's what Shoalhaven's done, Geno. Ten games, ten wins, ten bonus points. Differential, plus 481. They've hit the half-century of premiership points. What does Shoalhaven do against Avondale, Toby Dawson? Look, we uh, know how Avondale play. They are a big team. They're a physical team. And, you know, they like to bully their opposition by just repeated attacks. Um, and on the flip of that, you've got Shoalhaven. They've got a goal pack with the Millers up front. But then you've got this dynamic back three with the Brandon brothers. Um, it's going to be a real contest in two styles of football. If Shoalhaven can play the way that they want to play, they'll tire Avondale. And Avondale will be out on their feet by half time. And the score will just rack up in that second half for Shoalhaven. They'll continue the dominance we've seen all season. Uh, if Shoalhaven can't hold on to the ball, if it's a messy, scrappy game, we see lots of knock-ons and lots of scrummaging, slowing it down at the breakdown. Avondale will go back to their tried and tested formula. Big guys sitting off the ruck, just crashing straight in for um, repeated deaths and wear down Shoalhaven. So, look, I've got confidence in Shoalhaven's ability to play their style. They've demonstrated it all year. They've been the top side, head and shoulders. I think it's going to be a clear Shoalhaven victory, Matty. Okay. Well, we were wondering whether Avondale could put the first blemish on Shoalhaven's 10 out of 10 season. 10 games, 10 wins, 10 bonus points. Maybe not, according to our expert, Toby Dawson. Toby, always great to chat. We're delighted to have you on board as our rugby regular. Let's hope it starts on a bright note with the Wallabies beating South Africa tonight. We'll talk again next week. Sounds good, Matty. And also, don't forget, Vikings are going to beat Tech in second grade at 1.30 down at Vikings Oval. Ladies' day. So if you're a lady that loves a rugby, go down there and get some hospitality. Second grade ladies' day. That, that, I, I, don't, I can don't see how any ladies could reject that. How could you not go to, to the rugby for ladies' day, second grade Vikings? All right, as a former club Mate. captain of the mighty Hawkesbury Agricultural College, I can say ladies' day is something to see at any rugby club. It's <laughs> fantastic. fantastic. No better day on the calendar. Salubrious. Good on you, Toby. Cheers, boys. Have a good one. <laughs> we'll break and be back with more Saturdays in the Gong. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Yes, broadcasting from the beautiful Wollongong Golf Club, thanks to Impact Garage Doors, Wollongong City Motors, and of course the Illawarra Mercury. The NRL judiciary charges are out after the Dragons game against Canberra last night, and no charges. So no players copying a financial whack or any risk of suspension. You've got some breaking news too, Mitch Jennings, for Saturdays in the Gong. Well, I have obviously Alex Volkanovski coming through, weighed in 144.5, so that was... It doesn't seem like much money, but it was very interesting given his last bout was at 155 in the lightweight division. And there was always a question about how once a guy goes up a class, how do they go coming back down? But uh, yeah, in the end, he's done it with ease. Now, coming was under, there, underweight well and truly. 
embargoed news regarding the Hawks or is there news you can break regarding the Hawks? Well, we've got Luca Yates, the development player, has been signed by the Hawks as it's just come through. That must have been done by Matt Campbell as he works feverishly that's why, that's why we in couldn't Las get him. Vegas. That's why we couldn't get him. He was trying to get this media release out. He's saying, sorry boys, I can't, I can't get to you. But yeah, six foot ten... Uh, 19-year-old out of the NBA Global Academy. 6'10". 6'10", 102 kegs. He could probably be playing front row for the Dragons the way they're going at the moment if if the injuries bite a bit harder. Brisbane Bullets signed a bloke 7'3". Yes, I saw. Who wants to be that tall? 7'3", forget that. And, Can't and fit anywhere. Do you want to be that big when you're flying to Perth to play the Wildcats? That's what I mean, yeah. They want to get, they want to get some exit rows, wouldn't <laughs> Even they? the exit rows, like, not big enough. You've got a, a knee under each, you know, molar, you know, as you're turned inside out. Uh, in in uh, England, Wimbledon, isn't it a sporting feast at the moment? You, you don't know where to go, and your sleep patterns are all out. But anyway... Maybe the tennis won't be top of the list because Chris O'Connell is Australia's last player standing at Wimbledon. He reached the third round of an overseas Grand Slam for the first time. Uh, He battled through to the third round in Melbourne last year, but he's done it now at Wimbledon um, after beating dangerous Czech left-hander Yuri Vesely, 6-3. 7-5-6-4, but Alex Dimonor, he is out. Jason Kuba also uh, out, struggled with a hamstring injury. So Chris O'Connell, the last Aussie standing at Wimbledon. Don't expect to see Wimbledon on the main channel while the Ashes are running because Channel 9 will go with the Aussies. You'd think so. And uh, their battle to retain the Ashes. Yeah, you would think so. And obviously, we have the tour as well, mate. Oh, I, know, I know you're all over the, the tour. tour. Jai Hindley, obviously, there yeah. in, the, in the hunt for 22 seconds off the lead. He had the yellow jersey for not a great deal of time, but won a stage. But I've got to throw a rap to, we'll call him Illawarra's own, Caleb Ewan there, obviously second in a stage the other day. The pocket rocket, he's usually mm. more in the frame for the, the sprinters jersey, as we said. But uh, yeah, out there, waving the flag, former Illawarra Academy of Sport alum uh, there on the world's greatest race. So watching him carefully, but Joy Hindley certainly to follow in the footsteps perhaps of Cadell Evans to become the second Aussie to win the stage uh, in that mix, so one to keep an eye on. Has won the Giro d'Italia as well, sort of came out of nowhere for that, so... You're a cycling uh, expert. I am a cycling expert. There's no sport that you don't know inside out, Mitch Jennings. Indeed. But as you watch sports around the world, I'll take myself, I I would dream of being an elite NRL player or, you know, many sports, swimmer, golfer, tennis player, I think, gee, I wish I had the skills to do that. I have absolutely no inclination whatsoever <laughs> to dream of competing in the Tour de France. It just hurts to watch. Just seems too hard, doesn't it? Well, what about when the cycling was here, Matty, and you saw the road race there? And people, you've, it's only when you watch it all day the flesh you realise how long it is. It's literally, mm. and that's nothing on a Tour de France stage. All day and, we sat here and they were absolutely wrecked, going, how are they doing this? They're, they're supreme. They're supreme athletes, and I'm, I'm with you, Matty. I, I could not be less inclined <laughs> to do it. So respect what they do, absolutely. But I'm with you. I'm very, a very uh, happy spectator in that regard. All I think as I watch the Tour de France is that's why they built bloody cars. <laughs> We're back after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Overnight, Collingwood too good for the Western Bulldogs, 89-77. They saw off the dogs. The Pies still top of the table. No South Coast AFL at the moment, Geno, because they're on a school holiday break. I just got a nice text from our 
co-host Tim Barrow, the Illawarra Mercury Sports Editor, he said, I can't do dry lie with the dogs in New South Wales playing like this. <laughs> so here it is at 9.59, he's already thinking of having a drink, the sports editor. Oh, we're at the bar, Matty, so I'm not too far <laughs> off him either. What do you got for us? Well, look, I think I'm going to have some funds. I, like, I don't mind a bit of a wager every now and then, so I'm giving some advice. I'm going to roll up. I'm, I was going to do an Aussie quaddie, but Jack Della Maddalena has lost his second opponent in as many weeks just after the weigh-in. So right. I'm going to go, I'm rolling Jimmy Crute into Bobby Knuckles, Rob Whitaker into Alexander Volkanovsky by stoppage over Yair Rodriguez. And then I'm heading to Randwick and I'm jumping on. I had it in front of me, Matty. I've lost it. Well, while you get that Man back, behind the money. That's what I'm going Okay, on. man behind Regan the money. Regan Bayless, Annabelle Nisham, $4. Okay, don't forget the Suncorp Super Netball tonight. Swifts, Adelaide Thunderbirds, who's going to take the crown? We're back next week. Saturday's in the golf. Thanks for your company.